At the Canaan Church, our mission is bringing people to Christ and helping every person to become a mature disciple in Christ. Canaan Christian Church, where people dare to dream. Would you stand on your feet and join with me in the reading of God's word? I'm going to read one verse, and it is the most familiar verse that you know in the Bible. Um, John 3.16. For some of you, you don't even have to open your Bibles to, quote, to read this. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to teach today from this idea, celebrate Jesus. I want to teach today from the idea, celebrate Jesus. We have come to that particular season in the life of the calendar that is recognized by the Christian community all across the world as the season of Advent. The season of Advent. The season of Advent is where we celebrate in a particular way the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the season of Advent. Now, the culture at large does not give uh, attention to the fact that it is the season of Advent, but the culture speaks of this as the season of Christmas, the season of Christmas. It is a great time of the year. It's a year filled with joy and laughter and excitement. Now, the culture's focus is going to be on Santa Claus. The culture's focus is going to be on Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. The culture's focus is going to be on Frosty the Snowman. This is a time of the year. It's the time of Christmas and this great kind of joy and jubilee and excitement and enthusiasm in the air. And I like this particular time of the season, Christmas time and the season of Advent with much joy and jubilee, but I am glad that it ain't the only time that I've got joy because the Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. So I'm glad that God has given me a joy that goes year round. Yes, the culture uh, during this time of the year, they want you to put all of your emphasis on materialistic kind of uh, focus, on a humanistic kind of focus. But really, this time of the year is a time of joy and jubilee that exceeds the humanistic factor or the materialistic factor, but it really has more depth to do with what God has done for us in Christ. Yes, this is a wonderful time of the year. It is the time of Advent. It is Christmas season. And uh, during this season, we thank God for what 
happens because we go over to someone's home. Maybe you go to your mother and father's house or you grow, go to your grandparents' house or one of the siblings says, dinner's going to be at my house. But we all gather at somebody's house and what a magnificent situation it's going to be because God knows we know how to do it right with food and fellowship yes at somebody's house I mean think about it we're going we're going to have fried chicken we're we're going to have a, a turkey we're going to have roast beef we're going to have baked ham I mean think about it we're going to have turnip greens we're going to have green beans we're going to have candy yams and macaroni and cheese and black eyed peas I'm, come on think about it. I'm talking about uh, skillet cornbread and hot water cornbread and special salads and some of us still have the mitigated goal to have pig feet and chitlins I'm talking about it's going to be a major family affair. I wish I had a witness here today. I'm talking about sweet potato pie. I'm talking about chess pie. I'm talking about chocolate, German chocolate cake. I'm talking about the yellow cake with the caramel icing. I'm talking about banana pudding. I'm talking about it is a major situation. Yes, it is. It's, it's, and, and then we're going to have iced tea. <laughs> and then some may have, um, yes. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Some may have. Hallelujah. But it, it, it's a major affair. It's a major affair uh, what we do on this Christmas day. And we gather around this family and we begin to express our love and appreciation for one another. And I, that's one of the reasons why I do think this particular season is a great time of the year. Because when you think about December, the year is coming to closure. And we're preparing for a new year. And when you gather together as a family, if you still have loved ones with you, that's the reason to be grateful. And it's a wonderful opportunity to express your joy and your gratitude and your appreciation for one another because the worst thing or one of the worst things you can do as a family is to take each other for granted. It's a wonderful time to express your love and your appreciation for, for one another. It's, it's a great time to have this kind of family affair. And, and, and we thank God for it. And if by reason you got a family member who has gone home to be with the Lord this year, you still can celebrate this season uh, because the Bible says that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. For me to live is Christ and for me to die is gain. And you can thank God for memory. Thank God for memory. Look at somebody say, thank God for memory. And if you want to know what memory is, memory is God's blessing for you to smell the roses in the winter season. Okay, I'm going to say it again. You may want to write that down. You want to know what memory is? Memory is God's blessing for you to be able to smell the roses in the winter season. Hallelujah. 
But in the midst of all of the jubilee and, and the laughter and the fun that we have and all the food that we eat, I want to suggest to us that, um, and it's okay to buy some gifts for one another if you keep it in boundaries, amen. But I want to suggest to you that beyond the materialistic exchanging of gifts and beyond the food and the fellowship and the joy that we have with one another as families, that there is a reason to celebrate Advent and to celebrate Jesus that goes far beyond some things under a tree. Far beyond the macaroni and the cheese and the greens. It goes beyond that. And psychiatrists and psychologists keep before us that it is during this season that there is the highest rate of suicide. And during this season, a lot of people's lives become debilitated by depression because they feel like that they don't have any joy because they don't have a lot of things under a tree. They don't have any lot of materialistic gifts that are being given to them. And they don't have a lot of family and friends that are expressing their love and their gratitude and their appreciation for them. So they struggle with a sense of emptiness and a life that is filled with void. But I'm talking to somebody right now in this sanctuary who may be struggling right now because the things I was talking about earlier, you were saying, yeah, I hear you, Pastor, but I ain't got it like that. And somebody who's watching me right now through our virtual worship experience, you may be saying, Preacher, I heard what you said earlier about the family and the food and the fun and the laughter, but that's not the context of my life. But I came to give you a word from God to tell you you can rise above all of that and you can have a joy that the world didn't give and the world didn't take away. And I want to say to us today that the supreme value of this season of Advent is to celebrate Jesus. Can you just call his name? Jesus, that's his name and we ought to celebrate him. And I want to give you some reasons as to why we ought to celebrate him. We ought to celebrate Jesus because of how God has loved us through him. We read uh, John 3.16 and it's the most singular, familiar verse in the Bible, but maybe we read it so fast that we miss out on the weightiness of that verse. For God so loved. Yeah, he loved he loved a world that didn't love him. God so loved the world that he did something. He gave his only begotten son because love is not a noun. Love is a verb. Love ain't what you say. Love is what you do. God didn't just declare that he loves us, but he demonstrated that he loves us. So John, who wrote the Gospel of John, he also wrote the epistles of John. And in 1 John chapter 4, you read a verse that says this, Herein is love. Not that we first loved God, but that he first loved us and gave his son to be the propitiation of our sins. And that word propitiation means to be the covering of our sins. Oh, I love God today. But I love him because he first loved me. And when I tell you I love God, my love for God is a response to the God 
who has already loved me. There are some things that I know about God today. I read the Bible. I study the Bible. I'm a preacher. I'm a prophet. I'm a priest. I major in Bible. I'm a biblicist. And there are some things about God that I do know. Genesis says in the beginning God. So I understand that God is eternal. He has no beginning, no ending of days. He's the God who is sovereign and in his sovereignty he is omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. He is omniscient. He knows everything. He's omnipotent. He has all power. In his sovereignty he can speak and everything that was not becomes. In his sovereignty, he is immutable. He cannot change. In his sovereignty, God is transcendent. He is above us. He's the one who Isaiah speaks of as the holy other. But not only is he transcendent above us, but he's imminent. He's with us. So that he'll walk with you. He'll talk with you. He'll hold your hand. He'll guide your steps. I thank God that in his sovereignty, he is a God who's holy and just. But at the same time, he's merciful and he is gracious. That, that, I'm just trying to tell you there are some things about God that I know and that I understand. But in all that I know and understand about God, I do want you to understand that I have never plumbed the depths of God's personality. And I will never plumb the depths of his personality. There's so much about the eternal God that I do not know and I do not understand. And that doesn't bother me because since he's the creator and I'm the creature, the creature is not supposed to be able to plumb the depths of the one who calls him to be. But in spite of the fact that I do not know everything about God, there is something that I know about him, child of God, and I'm talking about I know that I know that I know that I know. And the one thing I know about God that I am certain of, and that is God loves me. Oh yes, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. I'm certain that God loves me. And I want you to know that if you can just keep that in your heart, keep that in your mind during the season of Christmas, during the season of Advent, I don't care what you don't have, I don't care who comes to see you, I'm trying to tell you, if you in your house, if you in your apartment, ain't nobody there but you, you ain't got no Christmas tree, you ain't got no gifts under tree, ain't nobody invited you to come to their house, if you can't do nothing but go to McDonald's and get you a, a meal with a a cheeseburger and some french fries and a coke if that's all you got but you know Jesus loves you you can have a merry Christmas because you need to know that we live in a world and you get challenges you have conflict and you have trouble on every hand but it doesn't matter what you have to deal with in life if you know God loves you you can overcome every situation every circumstance life will not get the best of you because you know you got a God on your side and just knowing that Jesus loves you is enough to keep you and sustain you. Look at somebody say, I think I want to holler. 
can, 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 I, can, can I give you another reason why you ought to celebrate Jesus? Can I give you another one? I ain't going to be long today. The other reason why you ought to celebrate Jesus is because he has transformed and transfigured your life. I mean, he has literally changed the trajectory of your life. When, 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 Paul, when Paul writes to the church at Colossians, he says this. He says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Just tap somebody and tell them, say, that means the greatest power in the world is in you. That the greatest, the greatest power in the world is in you. The greatest power in the world is in you. You better quit having that pity party. You better quit whining and crying and start acknowledging what you got. Because you got too much God in you to be pitiful, to be pathetic. You got too much God in you to be mediocre and, and to embrace mundaneness, to be ordinary. The greatest power in the world is in you. You just got to tap in and use it. The Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul also writing to the churches of Galatia, he gave his own personal testimony. And this is what Paul says. He says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ, he goes again, lives in me. And the life that I now live, and the life that I now live, I'm not stuck, but see, that's where you're supposed to holler, okay. And the life that I now live. Pastor, what am I supposed to be hollering about? You're supposed to holler about now. And the life that I now live. Because the life that you live now ain't the life that you've always been living. Oh, Jesus, help me, Holy Ghost. Don't you act like you ain't got no past. Come on, come on, come on. Don't act like you ain't. No, the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The Apostle Paul writing to the church at Corinth, he said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. I'm a new man. I'm a new woman. I'm a new person. I double dog day to look at somebody, take them by the hand and tell them, your best days are ahead of you. I'm going to say it again. Your best days are ahead of you. I said your best days are ahead of you. The devil wants you to keep focusing on the past. The devil wants you to keep focusing on yesterday. The past is in the past, baby. You cannot alter the past, but you can't put the past on the altar. It's time to put this thing in forward and move on to what God is about to do. 
I feel the Holy Ghost telling me that why don't we take the video and put it on rewind for just a minute. Come on, the life that I now live because where I'm living now ain't where I've always been. But the reason I'm living where I'm living now is because God has always been on my side. God has always made a way. God has always opened a door. Come on, put it on rewind. Go back about 40 or 50 years ago and think about where you were 40 or 50 years ago. Think about it. it was God who put food on your table. It was God that put water in your vessel. It was God that put clothes on your back. It was God that put a shelter over your head. It was God that helped you raise your children on mega fair. It was God that healed you when you couldn't go to the hospital. It was God that protected you from the devil. It was God that brought you out of trouble seen and unseen. You really have to testify if it had not been that the Lord was on my side, where would I be? You ought to look at somebody right now and say, if you want to believe in a miracle, look at me because I ain't supposed to be sitting beside you right now. I should have died a long time ago. I should have had a nervous breakdown. I should have lost my mind. But look at me real good, neighbor. I know I don't look like I've been through nothing, but it's because of grace because I've been through hell and high water. But if I don't know nothing about God, I know God is a keeper. I know God is my shepherd and I shall not want. I know God is my refuge. I know God is my friend and I'm going to bless his name because he has brought me from a mighty long ways and if God took care of me way back here, I got reason to believe he'll take care of me right now. Uh, uh oh. I, I, I just had a fresh bulletin. I, I just had a fresh bulletin. The Holy Ghost just gave me a fresh bulletin. And, and he told me to tell you, yeah, yeah, you can, you can praise me for what I did 40 and 50 years ago. But the Holy Ghost said, Malone, tell him, what about this week? I ain't got to go back 40 years ago. No, no, this week he woke me up. This week he took care of me. This week he kept me in my right mind. The reason I came to church today, I'm glad to see you, but I don't mean to hurt your feelings, but who I really came, I came to see Jesus. And I came to lift up his name. I came to glorify him because I love him because he loves me. I glorify him. I exalt his name because every time I turn around, Every time I turn around, he keeps on blessing me.
told you, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be long today. <laughs> but, but can I, I'm, I'm not going to be long today. I don't know. But can I give you one more reason? And that's it. I'm going to give you one more. And I'm out of here. We, we ought to celebrate Jesus because he's the undeniable evidence that God loves us. And if you will never lose sight of that, if you just remind yourself every day, God loves me when nobody else loves me. When I don't love myself right. God loves me. And Jesus has transfigured my life. He gave me a new trajectory. So Paul says to the church at Colossians, if you be risen with Christ, set your mind on things above and not on things below. Yeah. Paul says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forth to those things that are before, I press, I push, I stretch, I strain for the high calling of God that is in Christ Jesus. And so finally, celebrate Jesus. What I'm about to say is going to be so simple. Celebrate Jesus. Celebrate him because he's coming back. That's reason to celebrate him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Paul, when he writes to the church at Thessalonica, Paul says, but I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. Least you sorrow as others who have no hope. If you got a loved one who's already gone home, don't, don't live in sorrow. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, this ain't an opinion, this ain't a speculation, this ain't hearsay, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. 
for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and thus we shall always be with the Lord and thus we shall always be with the Lord and thus we shall always be with the Lord therefore comfort one another with these words oh beloved in the Lord John says it does not yet appear what we shall be but when we see Jesus we're gonna be as he is because corruptibility has to put on incorruptibility and this flesh has got to be changed because flesh cannot inherit the kingdom of God but I'm glad that when this earthly house of this tabernacle shall dissolve I've got another building not made with hands eternal in the heavens Jesus said let not your heart be troubled you believe in God believe also in me in my father's house there are many mansions if it were not so I would have told you so but I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am there you may be also Thomas said Lord we don't know the way Jesus said I am the way the truth and the life no man comes unto the father but by me Canaan, God bless you during this Advent season, but I came by, the Lord told me to tell you, is to celebrate Jesus. Celebrate him because he's already been here, but he's coming back. He came the first time, but celebrate him because he's going to come a second time. The old preacher put it like this. The old preacher said one of these days, he said God's going to put one foot on the water and one on the land and declare time has been won't be no more he's gonna tell Gabriel to pick up your trumpet and blow it softly and when Gabriel blows his trumpet then the church of the living God is going to go home and be with the Lord we're going to another city we're going to the holy Jerusalem we're going to a city where there'll be no death or dying. There'll be no sickness nor sorrow. We're going to a city where the wicked gonna cease from troubling and the weary gonna be at rest. We're going to a city where every day is gonna be like Sunday and sweet Sabbath will have no end. We're going to a city where the perfect anthems will never be broken. We're going to a city where the lamb sits on the throne. We're going to a city where angels 10,000 times 10,000 are bowing at his feet and they're crying holy, holy, holy. We're going to a city where we're going to sing a song that the angels cannot sing. I've been redeemed. I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. We're going to a city where the sun will never set because the sun never 
arises because Jesus is the light of that city. We're going to a city where we're going to sing a new song. We're going to sing all hell the name of Jesus. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Crown him because he's our redeemer. Crown him because he's our high priest. Crown him because he's our Passover lamb. Crown him because he's our best friend. Crown him because he's our way maker. Crown him because he's our elder brother. Crown him because he was everything that we've always needed him to be. Crown him because he's the exalted Lord. Crown him because ain't nobody else like him. Crown him because he is worthy to be praised. And when I come to church, I ain't got time to play church. When I come to church, I come to lift the name of Jesus. I come to exalt him. I come to lay before his feet and bless his name and tell the Lord thank you for all you've done for me. I don't come up in here to be quiet. I come to make some noise. I come to holler. I come to shout because every time I think about where the Lord has brought me from I made up in my mind before I came into these gates that I was going to holler up in here. I wish I had about ten of y'all that on my street that when I come to church I don't care what they say I don't care what pastor preaches I'm going to holler because the Lord has been so good to me what a fellowship what a joy divine so might I wrap it up right here when we all get to heaven what a day of rejoicing it will be when we all see Jesus we're gonna shout and we're gonna sing the victory we will shout and we will sing we will shout and we will sing we'll sing and we'll shout we'll shout and we'll sing we'll sing and we'll shout we'll shout and we'll sing we'll sing and we'll shout if that's what we gonna do why don't we practice right now why don't you get your dance together right now why don't you get your wave together right now? Why don't you get your holler together right now? Why don't you get your shout together right now? It me worthy. It me worthy. It me worthy of the praise. Worthy of the glory. Worthy of the honor. Jesus, you're worthy. I celebrate Jesus. I celebrate the Lord. Devante, I'm through. Devante. I'm through. I'm through.
I really am. But yes! I'm through. I really am. Hallelujah! Yes! 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 Hallelujah! Yes! Makes me want to holler. I, I, I celebrate Jesus. I celebrate him because can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like the Lord. The people represent the church no matter where we are. So stay connected and reach others as we grow in Christ.